Leadership File on Premiere. Welcome to the Leadership Farm, the show that aims to help the way you lead. I'm Andy Peck. Do you see yourself as a leader? You may be listening because you see yourself as a leader and this is the Leadership Farm you've tuned in. Or you may have an interest because you like listening to leaders even if you would not place yourself in that category. You may have just dialed in to Premier because that's what you do. It's like the radio's on all the time. But today's guest suggests that everyone is a leader at some level of their life. So you may find that the way you define yourself may change in the next half hour. His name is Trevor Wardock and he's the founding director of Emerging Leaders, a charity that in its own words exists to bring tangible hope to vulnerable communities in Africa and the UK through leadership training. So welcome back, Trevor, to the Leadership Farm. Thanks, Andy. Good to be here. Um, when you were last on the show, you, you mentioned Howard Gardner's definition of leadership. Yes. Howard Gardner's the... Professor of Psychology at Harvard Graduate School of Education, author of 18 books, and he defines leadership as persons who by word and or personal example markedly influence the behaviour, thoughts and feelings of a significant number of their fellow human beings. Mm. Uh, what was it that captivated you? I'm going to unpack that in a minute. But yeah, so. sure. Well, I, so that's one version of his definition. In his book, Leading Minds, he uses the word story, and that's what okay. caught my attention, is this notion that uh, leadership is the ability to create a story that affects the thoughts, feelings and actions of others. And the reason why that caught my attention is everybody understands the notion of story. It doesn't matter whether you're five years old or 105 years old. It doesn't matter whether you're in the poorest or the richest countries in the world. Everyone understands the notion of story. So, of course, then there are two kinds of stories. There are imaginary stories, fantasy stories, the you know, once upon a time stuff, which is great fun. But then there's another kind of story, and it's called a real story. So that's the story of my life, your life, everybody else's life in the world. So everybody in the world right now and who has lived is living a real story. It could be written down, probably won't be for most of us, but it could be. It's a real story. So if you take that definition then of leadership is the ability to create a story that will affect the thoughts, feelings and actions of others, then the real issue of leadership is simply who has got the pen. Because if I don't have the pen, my story will still be written. It's just I won't write it. Other people will. Other forces, influences, relationships, powers, whatever, will want to write that story uh, for me. So uh, and then if you look at leadership as um in its elitist sense, which is how it's most often used, which is leadership is a position. It's a title. The pastor is a leader, the small group leader. So this is a position. So already we're saying some people are leaders and some people aren't. <clears throat> so what that would mean is some people get to write the story on behalf of others and some people get to be part of those stories. Well, immediately that disempowers the majority of the world because you're saying actually my job on planet earth is to help someone else write their story and human history shows that power and self-interest are the two things that drive most unhelpful leadership power who's how people use the power of their position for their own interest and that's true as much of churches religious organizations secular organizations 
political organizations is people use their power and self-interest within that title of leadership to try and write their story using others. So I, I am a strong <laughs> disagreeer of, of that whole view. Sure. And that's informed the way in which in emerging leaders you you've sought to train uh, particularly younger people uh, yes. in, in the Africa, African countries that you visited. Sure. Well, emerging leaders started in Africa. We've just um, started in the UK in the last year. And actually, we will begin in, in India this year as well. But it came from actually being in the most challenged communities in the world. So I'm walking around communities that are devastated by HIV AIDS, have all kinds of uh, issues and challenges that that most of us here will never have to deal with. And I'm thinking, well, how how's this going to change? Now, normally, the, the one starting point is, well, there will be no change without leadership. There can't be any sustainable change without leadership. Well, that then supposes that the community leaders, the political leaders, the religious leaders are leading, are creating a story that affects the thoughts, feelings, and actions of others. But what if they're not? So that's where my mind was going, is how are these things going to change? How is this family where a grandma is looking after nine AIDS orphans, how's it going to change for them? So that's what set me thinking. And I thought, well, actually, if this grandma doesn't lead her own family of nine orphans, it's not going to change in that family. So everybody needs to be leading, not just some people. And once you do that, then you say, well, the job of the position of leadership is simply to train, equip and empower leaders, train, equip, empower people to write their story. Uh, and team leadership is let's bring in a bunch of people who agree on the story that we want to write. And every one of us will be part of writing that story. So we're all story writers within an agreed bigger story. And obviously, you, you can easily argue that biblically is that God is writing a story, a big, big story. And what's he doing He's inviting everyone in the world to become a writer of a story within a story. So the ultimate leadership is about empowering everyone to be a leader. Right, right. Um, and in terms of the, the, the people who've attended your course, yes. have, you, have you screened, screened in it, you know, uh, anyone away from potentially? No, no, no we'd screen no one. I mean, I think with any kind of training, my basic screening thing is, look, if you don't want to be there, don't come. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you can't learn if you don't want to be there. Yes. But we've never ever screened anyone yeah. uh, on uh, age, gender, religion, anything. We've never screened. We've just issued the invitation and said, you come and and learn about leadership, which is an interesting thing, because often they come with their own preconceptions about leadership. And they're mm. the same as often Western preconceptions, oh. they will turn up to training on leadership, saying to themselves, but I'm not really a leader. I'm interested. I'm intrigued, but it's not me. So the first transformational shock of the morning of day one is, oh, my goodness, actually, he's saying I'm a leader. And that's where the journey begins. And we can yeah. talk a lot more about that journey. But um, so, so, no, we've never screened it. Mental health, not an, particularly an issue? Well, that's always a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Um, we we have not screened on the no, basis no, sure, of, sure. of any issue. Sure, um, yeah. Someone uh, may decide they can't appropriate it. 
what they're hearing, perhaps. Yeah, so I, I just, and this mm. comes back to where all our programs start, it's around human potential. Mm. I, I think if you believe people can't, then they probably won't. But if you believe they can, yeah. then they will. You know, people have said to me with some of the stuff you teach, how on earth do you teach them that? I said, well, if you believe people can learn that, then do you know what? They, they generally can. Uh, it's about how, if you really understand something deeply, you can make it incredibly simple. Mm. And one of the problems about leadership is we've made it difficult. We've made it elitist. We've said you've got to go to university and do an MBA if you want to be a business leader. Um, so we've taken it out of the domain of everyone and we've put it in this more elite domain. But, and it's an absolute nonsense because a principle is a principle. So if you understand that principle of leadership, actually, uh, as our, our new program Lead Now demonstrates, you can teach it to a five-year-old. Um, well, I mean, Howard Gardner himself says, you know, if you can't teach it to a five-year-old, maybe you haven't yes, understood you it. you haven't understood it. And, and it is, is the great line of um, Denzel Washington, wasn't it, in the film Philadelphia, where he always says, um, tell me like I'm a two-year-old. And I think that's what we should be saying to any anybody in a position of leadership. Explain that to me like I'm a two-year-old, because mm. that will tell me whether you, the leader, have actually understood it. Sure, okay. Well, we need to drill into this a little bit, because oh. clearly I... I I said to you off air that in 500 plus shows of the leadership file, nobody's ever actually said that the language you've used, uh, you know, that everyone has yes. uh, is a leader at some level of their life. Mm. Um, we're not. You're, I'm not sure, sure you're not saying everyone could lead a thousand people, but we are saying you know we all have a mm. ability to write our own story. That is a human. Um, yes, thing. I think the issue we get snagged up with is is context and level. Mm. Uh, by context, I mean. Can everyone lead in the political sphere? Can everyone lead in a business sphere? Can everyone do lead in the artistic sphere? And the answer is, who knows? We don't know. Um, but what we do know is this, is that many people arrive in positions of leadership who don't know how to lead. And I've, I've worked with politicians. I've worked with business leaders. I've worked with lawyers, energy. I've worked with every sector as a consultant in leadership development. and time and time again people are promoted on their technical ability that they did something well but actually suddenly they're now leading a hundred people and they don't know how to create vision they don't know how to create a deep uh, shared meaning and purpose behind that team they don't know how to create strategy they actually don't know how leaders think and what the core mindsets of leaders are there's so many things people in positions of leadership don't know about leadership so where then we suddenly bundle them off to a quick course on leadership and it's the wrong way around if we understand that leadership is for everyone then those principles can be applied to every individual you learn to start leading yourself developing the mindsets the skills of a leader then you can lead your relationships then you could lead smaller and larger and larger groups of people then you arrive at bigger scenarios and you can then start leading bigger groups of people. But the issue is not the role that you're given, but have you developed the leadership muscle uh, along the way? And I would argue you can start that from a very young age. Well, you're listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Trevor Wardock. Trevor's the founding director of Emerging Leaders, and we'll be back just after this. 
And welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Trevor Waldock. Trevor's the founding director of Emerging Leaders, a charity that in its own words exists to bring tangible hope to vulnerable communities in Africa and the UK through leadership training. We're looking particularly at this whole concept that everyone is a leader at some level of their lives and uh, kind of, uh, not so much challenging it, but uh, unpacking this kind of idea a little bit. Um, Because Trevor, most many leaders uh, who are leading in churches or charities Mm. or even the business world have have this model that, that their job is to kind of lead everybody else, maybe to create the vision which everyone else follows. And, and they want followers. They want followers to, mm. to accomplish this vision that they've had. And they might be a little disturbed by some of the, the concepts that you've had. So perhaps you could unpack it, perhaps say, for example, in a church context. Sure. Unpack the idea that if you're, a, if you're helping everyone to realise they're a leader, what does that mean it all becomes chaotic? Well, if we come back to the definition, leadership is the Mm. ability to create a story that affects the thoughts, feelings and actions Mm. of others. Then the issue then becomes, what's the story Mm. here? Um, So I think there's a number of different answers to your question. The first is um, the view of leadership that you put forward that pastors may have, which is that I'm the leader Mm. and my job is to create a story and get everyone to come along with that. Um, Where where does that come from? If you take 3,000 years more than that of study of leadership, one of the things that becomes clear is that leadership does not exist for my benefit. It it exists for the benefit of others. And if you then say, okay, well, if it exists for the benefit of others, what's the next thing I should look at? The next thing I should look at then is my character, who that leader is, which brings us straight onto the issue of ego. So the biggest single factor that will defeat leadership is ego. This is about me and for me. And if I'm not seen to be leading, if people aren't following me, then I feel threatened. I feel I'm not succeeding. I'm not doing so well. Um, Then I get insecure and then I start treating people out of my insecurity, either that they'll like me more or you know, we break in relationships because they are saying, well, they're not really with us, are they, you know? Um, so there's lots of ways that ego begins to pop its head up. So that, I think, is one of the biggest single factors that defeats good leadership. And I think, you know, clearly Jesus teaching on leadership, what, what does he talk about? He talks about the ego. It's exactly what he said. Look, before we even discuss this issue of leadership, let's talk about your ego. Who's this for? What's going on inside of you? So if any leader is not addressing that issue on a daily basis, then there's going to be problems. Um, So where I would argue is that the the leader's job is to liberate the leadership potential of everyone. Mm -hmm. That's their job. Otherwise, what are we saying? We're saying people are there for my benefit, for the benefit of my story. Well, what makes my story right? Let's let's agree on the story we want to write. You know, if you look at it from, again, a biblical point of view, there is, at one level, masses of latitude about what the story is, but there's a few clear parameters, which is, you know, uh, is this... uh, Is this dealing with orphans, widows? Is it dealing with the marginalized? Is it actually including everyone? Um, So there are some clear parameters about this story. It needs to exist for everyone, not just some. 
absolutely everyone, mm. regardless of race, religion, gender, or anything. It's for everyone. And it absolutely needs to include the most vulnerable and marginalized. But beyond that, it's okay. So we can agree what story we want to write within those parameters. And then the job of the person in the role of leadership is, okay, so why are we doing this? How are we going to do this? How can we all liberate that individual leadership potential so everybody is, everybody's pen is put to work in writing this bigger story? No, it's, it sounds all terrific. And um, uh, I suppose the, 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 the challenge is that many of those, in a say in a church setting, are not used to this. So they, they're almost in a, in a situation of passivity. And actually, the, the, what you're saying actually has a challenge element to it as well. Hmm. Um, because uh, if I'm being told what to do and what to believe, then I can, be, I can just be obedient. Hmm. <laughs> if you're asking me to, to do some writing myself, then that that means I need to I need to you know, express some energy to do some thinking etc yeah it's a tough one <laughs> because it, my blunt answer and I, my blunt answer is as much to myself yeah. on a daily basis as someone who is leading every day mm. so in the role of position position mm. of leader as well as mm. leading my own life is is grow up yeah, yeah. you know that's the blunt answer <laughs> I have to just say to myself do you know what Trevor grow up grow up get over yourself this isn't mm. about you you know because the 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 factor that gets in the way of me empowering others mm. is me growing up so i think if you take those views of um growing up from child to adult then you know, when a child is young, they need boundaries and parameters. Mm. So they kind of need the rules, but the rules are there for their protection and their safety. They are not there to disempower. They are there for mm. protection. So it's quite likely that maybe when someone comes to faith, that actually they find it quite helpful to be in a place where when someone says, you know, this is good and that's not so good, mm. and this is helpful, that's good. But um, you, you wouldn't expect a child to stay there. You know, as someone once said, if your two-year-old says, can I go across the road to the park? You say, no, come with me, hold my hand. Mm. This is how we do it. We look left, we look right, and we take them across the road. If they're still asking you that when they're 18, you say, my goodness, you know, yeah. figure it out. Um, so the job of the leader of a church is to help people grow up. Now, you're only going to be able to do that as the leader of a church if you yourself are growing up. <laughs> so the only way we grow up is by massively investing in our own personal development, dealing with those insecurities, those parts of us that get a little bit worried, you know, I, and, and for me, a good model of that is uh, if you read St. John of the Cross, Dark Night of the Soul, he says, you know, when someone comes to you and says, hey, you know, don't want to read my Bible anymore, dried up on praying, the, the and this is hundreds of years ago, you know, the traditional kind of Christian answer would be, you know, something's wrong. Something's terrible. You need to buckle down, do more, pray more. Come on, you know, let's come up with a different Bible reading plan or whatever. Actually, what St. John of the Cross said was, wow, great. It's really great you've reached that place because it means something, something's shifting, something's growing, something's changing. So spiritual maturity requires us mm -hmm. to keep on moving through the gear changes of our own emotional development if we are to develop spiritually. You can't separate the two. 
So it's interesting we're talking about this subject when we're talking about leadership because actually this is the investment that a leader has to make, an organisational leader, a church leader has to make if they are to take the role of empowering the leaders of others. You've got to do the work on yourself if you are to liberate the leadership potential right. in the people in your team. Yeah, well, wonderful. And um, I mean, there will be parents listening. Uh, how, how? I mean, you, we talked about this mm. this image of helping a child to to develop themselves. Yeah. What what would be the, some of the things you might encourage? Obviously, some of this is happening in the Lead Now program. Uh, I think first of all is a belief, a belief in your child's potential. Every program that we run, whether it's for the children, the schools program, or young adults or adults, we always start with the issue of potential. We always mm. talk about this is you. We give everybody we train a seed mm. and talk about the potential within a seed. We actually put one in their hands. So I think even with children, it's to talk about their amazing potential. And once you start talking about potential, very, very quickly you have to start talking about, well, what gets in the way? And of course, it's our thinking that actually blocks our potential, whether all of the different what we call poverty mindsets, because mm. poverty mindsets is not just that you've got an empty stomach. It's actually what's going on in your head keeps you small. So all our programs begin to unpack seven different ways uh, that uh, our thinking keeps us small. So you can start teaching that to children <laughs> rather than saying, don't do this and don't do that. It's actually helping children to be thinking about what they're thinking. Uh, so that's the beauty of our Lead Now program with schools is they've got pictures, wonderful pictures that go with these principles. So you'll look at that and say, ah, oh, yeah, that's me. I was doing that. When I said to myself, oh, I'm no good at this. I can't do that. Oh, that was one of those poverty thinking, isn't it? OK, so, well, what if I said to myself I could do that? I'll find a way. Let me try. And then now I'm shifting my mindset. All of this you parents can teach their uh, their children. Wonderful. It, this is, uh, I, I think, going to be liberating for many people listening. So, uh, somewhat challenging, I suspect, because as I said, in 500 shows, we've not really dug into this, and it's been mm. thrilling for me, um, you know, having enjoyed what you've said, to be able to unpack it a little bit more. So, um, so thank you for that. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure how to, to finish in the sense that, uh, you know, it would probably take a long time to say to uh, to a leader listening, uh, you know, that. This is this is how you change a lead. Is the one thing that they could be doing, say, in the next um, in the next week, that would just <laughs> that might just change their mindset. They're, they're used to being the leader at the top of the tree, uh, and now how how might they change the way they le lead others? Well, all transformation is based on awareness and responsibility. There's no change without awareness and responsibility. If I don't see things differently, I won't make different choices. So step one, I think, would be get hold of your journal. And I'm an absolute passionate believer that leaders should be journaling very consistently as part of this journey themselves. Um, and write down what you honestly believe about your role as a leader. Um, and I don't mean quote biblical passages or sayings from this book or that book. What do you honestly believe about leadership? Because until I confront within myself that I honestly believe that my job is to be the authority figure, and notice that word authority is author. Yes. Okay. So my job as a leader is an author. That's what I, you know, is to write a story. So somehow I have got to 
be involved in creating a compelling story that invites others to be story writers within a bigger story. But I, yes, I, I think I would start by saying, what do you honestly believe um, about yourself and your role as a leader? For instance, I had dinner with someone the other night. We were in South Africa. I had dinner in Stellenbosch with someone, and he's a very, very senior leader. And one of the first things he said to me was around this conversation. He said, well, of course, you know, you, you say this is leadership training for all these people. He said, but, but of course, everyone isn't a leader, are they? Which was red rag to a bull <laughs> with me. But what I was thinking is, gosh, you know, if you believe that, that everyone isn't a leader, that belief that you hold affects everybody in your organization. Have you thought about that is what I was thinking. Because if he doesn't believe that everyone in his organization is a leader, then it affects how he will treat everybody in that organization, how he will invest in them. And what we've discovered, obviously, is once you start investing in the belief that everybody is a leader, guess what? Hey, you see that leadership blossom. So, yes, start with getting hold of your journal or something and look in the mirror. I think it probably starts there. Wonderful. Well, Trevor, thank you so much for the for your insights Pleasure. and Great for you know you no fantastic stuff. And uh, do log on to Premier's own website and you can uh, look at archive versions of Alicia Vaughan, including this one in due course. I look forward to your company again next Sunday at three thirty. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.